disclaimer. So no head. Welcome to the Just Plain Filthy Podcast. I'm Casey Campbell. I'm TJ Vegas. And today we have a cool music-filled episode. Yay! We're going to talk about our top 10 non-metal albums, which is kind of weird for us because we play a lot of metal and uh, we talk a lot about metal. We play a fuck ton of metal, but like we also... And we're playing more metal today! Yeah! We're, we, we're just I'm... not going to talk about it. We're just not going to talk about it. Yeah, we're just, yeah. Today, it's today. Like club. Yeah, exactly. It's the first rule of metal is you don't talk about metal. You, even though every dude I've ever met that listens to metal only talks about metal. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you're a metalhead? What's your favorite freeform jazz band? It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, how, is that, how are you? How are you, Casey? How have you been? I am doing great. Working a lot. Um... But I work in the service industry, so you, you can watch on the news or on social <laughs> media how that's going. So. Uh, I myself took a week off from work, and I was like, this is going to be the best thing ever. But then I got way too acclimated to it, and like I was like, I'm resting my back. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to watch anime. I'm actually into some animes now, so that's cool. Wow, TJ's um, a weeb now? Fuck yeah. Sort of, yeah. I'm just really into One Piece and Attack on Titan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then I was, like, resting my back, and I'm playing Mario, and I'm watching anime, and then I go back to work, and I'm like, this is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, today should be fun. We got some wrestling headlines. We got some questions that we're answering. We're going to talk about our top 10 non-metal bands. And uh, let's get it started. Casey, you want to do some questions first? Yeah, let's hit, let's hit it off with some questions from our, from our lovely fans. Okay, we have a couple. Uh, some of them you'll probably be able to answer more than I would, and probably vice versa. I didn't read too far into these. Yeah, it happens. Uh, Tommy Ford's going to be very disappointed right from the get-go, but uh, Tommy Ford asks... Eggs. Do you like them scrambled or sunny side up? Uh, I don't eat eggs, but I, I fuck with a, a tofu scramble. Give me that yeah. tofu scramble all the day. Nice tofu omelet, dude. Mm. I like my eggs uncracked and with the chickens. Yeah, exactly. But uh, before all this, I'll, I'll just give you this so I can give you an answer. Uh, I was more of a sunny side kind of guy. Oh, scrambled all fucking day. <laughs> See? Casey's the yin to my yang. Exactly. Fucking, I don't uh, like yolks, man. It's all runny and shit. Like, eh. Eh. Yeah. It's a, um, Jack asked, Jack Egan, one of our friends. Yeah. He says, I play what D &D color with that lightsaber guy. do you think you would have, and how does it fit your personality? I don't know shit about Star Wars, so Casey, take it away. Uh, I would go with that. Uh, I, I definitely blue. I'm a, I'm a blue guy. They're, uh, it, it's not really official lore. I think it is now, but it used to not be. But, like, uh, blue means that you're, you're less attuned to the force and you're more of a combat guy. 
And that's oh. me. I'm always pl- I'm always playing those those warriors in D and D. Jack will know this. Um, so yeah. I just want to play the D and D version of Squirrel Girl. Yo, she can defeat Thanos. She has defeated yeah. Thanos. Yeah, the rule of cartoons. It's the rule of well, fuck yeah. Indestructible, fucking stretchy limbs. Just anything you think of, you can do. You have to. Um, Jack also asks. What was a better cartoon, Ultimate Muscle or Mucho Lucha? Uh, first of all, they based the flea off me, so yeah, <laughs> all, uh, Mucha Lucha. Are you sure you're not Snoopy? Snoopy! <laughs> Snoopy! <laughs> um, I like, I like Ultimate Muscle. It's one of my favorite, like, anime cartoon things of all time, so I'm a little biased, but I, I reference Mucha Lucha so much. The flea is in a lot of pain. <laughs> so, yeah, it's tough. Uh, for references wise, I would say Mucha Lucha, but overall viewing pleasure, I would say Ultimate Muscle. Yes. yes. Uh, Taylor Chadwick, I, he says, What do you think about Azteca Underground in MLW? Uh, Casey might not know what this is. I know, but... I know what this is. I, I've okay, seen Azteca Underground is MLW's way of sort of bringing back um, Lucha Underground. I'm 100% about it. Uh, they got the original guy that does the ownership role for yeah. Lucha Underground. Um, Lucha Underground was a very underrated product uh, in the in presentation and in ring competition, like. Uh, I don't think it ever stood a chance of being, like, the third largest company in the United States. But, like, definitely the presentation is something different. And if MLW can manage to recapture that magic a little bit, I think it's it, it'll be very good for the business. Like, like, how can you go wrong? They had a wrestling dinosaur and Vampira was a pope. Yeah, Vampira was a pope. People died. Like, they killed off wrestling. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Jeff Cobb was a monster. Um, TJ Blair asks, question, not target at anyone in particular, but if you were a wrestler, would you rather have the uh, one, uh, over the course of your career, multiple reigns as top champion, or one long reign? Uh, Say that again? I'm sorry, I was reading the group chat. <laughs> okay, uh, he goes. If you were a wrestler, would you rather have over the course of your career multiple reigns as the top champion of a promotion or one long reign? Give me that long reign. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. Like as long as it's at, like also, appropriately placed. Hold on, we might have some breaking news on the podcast here. Um... Uh, apparently, Devin's saying that New Jack died. What? Yeah. Hold I on. need. I need to see the validity of this. Hold yeah, on. Yeah. Let me. Let me look this up. Um, cause he's out here. He just. He he sent three messages about it. Devin's normally not one to just share misinformation. Uh. Right. Oh, yep. Wikipedia is edited. Oh. Okay. Um, but uh, also my teachers told me not to go straight off Wikipedia, so who knows? Well, Jerome New Jack Young, uh, R.I.P. to that guy. Uh, R.I.P. that pussy. I mean, E.C.W. That's 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 one of them. 
That's crazy. Now him and Balls Mahoney are going to be beating the shit out of each other up in the clouds. Dude, leg drop from heaven? Yeah. He's going to be like, wow, I'm really high up here. This seems like the perfect place to fucking jump off of. Fucking God scaffolding is what they're fighting on right now. God's going to get really pissed when all he hears 24-7 is natural born killers. (laughs) That's perfect. He's just trying to nap, you know, God's trying to take a nap, everybody loves naps, and then you're, and he's like, fucking again? Who the hell is he fighting this time? (laughs) I mean, I kind of feel bad, he probably didn't even die like an hour ago, and I'm already making jokes, but whatever. It's what he would have wanted. Somewhere, uh, Jim Cornette's crying. Yeah, they were they were good friends, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, and the last one, Tommy Ford asks, "What would be your dream match for CZW?" Mm. I don't know who's currently in CZW or if CZW is even a fucking thing anymore. Moxley and Masada. Moxley, okay, yeah, right off the bat, there you go. Uh, I would like to see. If we could do like a CZW GCW uh, head, like co-headliner show, I'd like to see face sick Nick Mondo come back to face off against like ultra heel Ricky Shane Page. <laughs> that would be wild. That's what I would like. That would be the thing I would just like take all my money. Oh, that. Oh. That would be sick. That would be so sick, dude. Like. <laughs> um, I mean, speaking of wrestling, I guess this is the only segue I can think of. Speaking of wrestling, um, AEW had a pretty good show after the very lackluster finish of Blood and Guts. Uh, they kind of redeemed themselves. They uh, they did a show, and there was really cool moments, like John Moxley facing off against Yuji Nagata. Ooh, oh my god. Where Moxley came out with a new theme song. I don't know if it's uh, like all the time now, or if it's just for when he's representing in New Japan. Uh, but, uh, we'll have to see. He, yeah, he came out with Wild Thing. Nice. And it, I mean, it's cool. I, I thought it was neat, and it's a homage to Onita, which is one of his favorite wrestlers of all time. So who's who are you to tell me that he can't fucking do it? Internet marks. Get yeah, fucked. exactly. No, fuck them. Uh, and then we had uh, an awesome tag team match, which I think stole the show. It was SCU versus the Young Bucks. Oh, I did. And, uh, I saw pictures if, of this. Yeah, and if uh, SCU did not win, they were no longer a team. Oh, uh, that's so sad. <laughs> and there was so many closed calls. There was, like, Christopher Daniels getting thrown around and... Frankie Kazarian's nowhere to be found because he's on the outside just fucking dead. And then you see uh, Matt Jackson up in the corner, like, like looking like he's about to cry. And he looks at Christopher Daniels and goes, I'm sorry. I love you. Oh. And, and throws a super kick at him. And he's just like, it's in the bag. Lays down over him. One, two, kick out. Everyone's like, what the fuck? And then they go into war again. They almost win. And then Young Bucks just take him out with another super kick. One, two, three. Saddest moment so far of the night. 
Um, I mean, you hate another, to see it. Another thing, Cody, uh, yeah, Cody Rhodes, I almost said Cody Omega. A lot of these people listening don't know who that is. Cody Rhodes uh, came out and he was just like, I know it's the unpopular thing to be patriotic nowadays and what they are uh, doing all the, what do, you, what do you do for the national anthem, you know, and all these other things going on. It's not the best place. Uh, and there's, I'm like, shut the fuck up, Cody. Get to the point. And he starts talking about Andrew, um, Andrew Ogogo or and Anthony Ogogo. That's his name. Yeah. And he's just like, you punched me. And now it's, you know, it's something, uh, this place afforded you the opportunity to make your career here and give you a paycheck and all this stuff. And he starts doing historical things like Bruno Sammartino and Tony Khan's dad who came here from Pakistan or whatever. And he starts going all this stuff. And then he goes, so that's why one night only, uh, you're not going to be facing the American nightmare, Anthony. You're facing the American dream. Oh. And I was like, okay, so the big announcement is that you you just gave yourself another nickname? You're 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 being your dad for tonight, like okay. <laughs> if I don't see polka dots, I'm gonna fucking throw something. I mean, he's probably gonna come out with the polka dots. It is weird. I mean, I think that's pretty cool. It's he's one night only. He'll come out to the, the, some different rendition of Dusty's fucking theme song. Like, <laughs> I'm the American Dream. American. 2.0. Dream. American Dream 2, Electric Boogaloo. I will never forgive Cody Rhodes because I wanted to be the American Nightmare and now I can't. <laughs> American Nightmare is a good hardcore band, let me tell you. Oof. Um, besides that, there was a great, great moment with uh, the Pinnacle and uh, Inner Circle. Where the pinnacle was out in the ring, and they were like, "We are the kings now. We want at blood and guts, yada yada yada." And then uh, here comes like this Hummer-looking thing with like a machine gun-mounted like gun thingy on the top of it, and he they go, uh, "Oh yeah, we're still here, and we want a rematch." And they're like, "Oh, we're not going to give you a rematch because you're outnumbered." And then Chris Jericho just stands up from the back of the trailer. And he's got his arm in, like, some, like, wonky-looking arm brace thing. And they're like, now give us a thing. And they're like, no, I'm not giving you a rematch. So then uh, you see the trailer in the back, like, the farthest trailer. There's, like, two trailers attached to it. And it says a little bit of the bubbly on, like, a white poster board. Nice. And they pulled a Stone Cold Steve Austin, and they drenched everybody with fucking little bit of the bubbly. That's awesome. There's a lot of bit of the bubbly. And they all got drowned, and he goes, yes, yes, you son of a bitch, yes! Like, you got the match! And that's how it ended. And then, I think this was the main event, I think. Um, oh no, the main event's something else. Yeah. Uh, main event, uh, there was Darby Allen defending his TNT title against Miro. Woo! It's uh, Miro Miro didn't Day. even fucking wait for the match. He just immediately just... Destroyed the living hell out of Darby Allen. That be a thing. Match started, and uh, they're all in the ring. They're putting in work. Darby Allen gets Miro out to the outside, and then just takes him out with a real good diving like cannonball, like just back to him, just hits him really hard. And you're like, oh shit, could this be the offense that he needs? 
And then, nope. He just gets tossed overhead on the outside of the ring with a German suplex and just straight to hell. Enough. Well, it's Miro Day, then. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, after, like, only, like, three moves that Darby Allen got to put on him, Miro made him, I guess, verbally tap out as a referee discretion. So it made him still look strong. But he got him in the accolade, or the game over, they call it, and he just wrenched him back, like, folding him in half. And uh, he just had him, like, bent in half, and the referee was like, that's it, call it, call it. And Oof. so Miro, by referee decision, is your new TNT champion. That I mean, I love that. Um, I've seen marks on the internet not love that. Uh, and let me tell you, uh, these are the same people that were bitching and moaning when he wasn't getting pushed in WWE. And now that he's in AEW, they're uh, complaining about his push in AEW. Uh, and I just want to tell you that you can't have it both ways, assholes. Yeah. Plus, like, they have a lot more creative say. And, like, they just wanted him to have something to do for a while. But then Kip Sabian had to go and get surgery. So now they can't do this whole, like, I'm your best man, I'm your best friend thing anymore. So this is a good way for him to finally get his foot in the door and get that title. Exactly. Like, I just don't understand what the fucking obsession is with somebody who you complained about not getting their due in WWE, leaves WWE and goes to AEW, and now all of a sudden you hate them? What kind of fucking yeah. fan are you? That's stupid. They're just, they're just mad that his wife isn't still getting fucked by Bobby Lashley. If that's what they wanted. Uh, but... You know, I like I like my wrestling to reflect my internet search history. Exactly. <laughs> um, and the last match of the night was a number one contenders match for the world title. It was Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Yeah. And uh, the match was pretty good overall. It's normal stuff. You got Pac being super serious and flippy do and hard kicks and all that. Of course. And you got Orange Cassidy to like, yeah, I'm wearing sunglasses, I wear jeans, hands in the pocket, ha ha ha. It was the, the normal stuff. Like, you saw their first match, you saw this match. But the only difference between this match is it ended up a no contest. Oh, so there's two number one contenders. Yeah, that's actually how they did it. I thought they were going to throw it away at first, but then after the uh, interference and all that stuff that they kind of just made the match like null and void, they went... Uh, I just got word from Tony Khan, and it's, you're not going to have one opponent. You're, you're going to have two. two it opponents. is a triple threat at uh, double or nothing. Ooh. So that's pretty cool. Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy versus Pac. I love that. That's going to be good. That's going to be really good. But uh, for the first time in a while, or to, I guess to quote, uh, I think I don't know what Disney movie it is, but uh, for the first time in for, forever. Uh, it's Frozen. Okay, I was right. <laughs> um, I'm pretty excited for uh, a WWE event. I know, Backlash looks really good. Like I don't like how they called it WrestleMania Backlash, but I'm okay with I the mean, card. The, I mean, that's all, the, I guess it's always just been that, but like now they're just not hiding it. <laughs> like, okay. If that's the case, then yeah. I mean, that's where uh, you get all the all the stuff that doesn't end at Mania. That's usually where you get your payoff. 
is what is should that. end at Mania. That's uh, what Mania is for. Yeah, it's the season finale of of WWE, and you know, fuck, man, like. But the card's looking pretty good, so I'll just run through this right now. I'll go from, like, the matches of least importance, and then I'll build it up. All right, word. Okay, uh, we got Damian Priest versus The Miz in a Lumberjack match. Woo! I think Damian Priest is going to get this. I think so, too. They've strapped a rocket to his back. I'm fucking around with it. Like... You know what would be really cool, though, is if all the Lumberjacks were dressed as bunnies. Ooh, okay, that would be fun. Bad Bunny, just get in the Miz's head. Yes, Mr. Bad Bunny <laughs> needs to sign a WWE contract. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we have the team known as the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Ooh, okay. Facing off against Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. See, I'm excited for this. Like, I like the fact that they're a team now. Yes, 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 exactly. Um, like, I'm so happy. Uh, like, when they first started getting paired together, like, a year or so, two years ago? Was that two years ago? Like, uh, I, I think so. Two years, like, yeah. I was like, this could, this has the potential to be the new, like, Degeneration X. Like, you could do that. It's the yeah. same formula, just different. I've always said I've always said Robert Roode is the fucking Triple H of fucking Impact, like TNA. Uh -huh. Back in the day I was like that guy has the potential to be like the next guy. And uh especially when he was partnering with James Storm. Uh and now they brought him over to WWE and they've packaged him with Dolph Ziggler who I've always said is that's the next Shawn Michaels. You're always looking for the next Shawn Michaels. That's the guy. And and then jokes on you when he turns into the next Marty Jannetty. That's not his fault. He has the talent. He has the like the charisma. He he has the gimmick. Like wholesale. No, even worse than that. He's gonna turn into the next uh, the next Al Snow from the Rockers too. Ugh. The, the new rockers. Why did you remind me of that? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. um, after that, we have uh, Rhea Ripley versus Asuka versus Charlotte Flair in a triple threat for the Raw Women's title. Yes. Yes, I love everything about this. I wasn't super keen on Charlotte Flair coming back because it's like, Charlotte Flair, put her in fucking everything. But from what I've been reading about and seeing, like, on Instagram and stuff, like, what she's been doing recently has been really good. Oh, she's definitely, um, I have a newfound respect for her. Because she, she's really, um, taken up that leadership role in the, in the ladies' locker room. Uh, she's okay. doing stuff for the, the women. Um... At least for what I mean, this is just fucking shit I read on the internet. Could be bullshit. Could could not be, but like she, uh, there was something that happened, and I don't remember what it was. But uh, one of the somebody got stiffed uh, for something, and Charlotte didn't really fucking like that very much. 
And so she she's the person that goes directly to like the higher ups and goes, "Hey, this is bullshit." So oh. she yeah, she's she's definitely taken up that that sort of uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say fucking take her role in in the in the locker room, but she has big uh, Mark Calloway energy in the women's locker room. So cool. Charlotte's the next mean Mark. <laughs> Charlotte's the next Charlotte. You know, fucking she. She could be a member of the sky, the skyscrapers. She's that's a huge bitch. <laughs> Who who's gonna be the female Teddy Long? Play a play a play a holla holla holla. It's gonna be me. I'll do it. Oh, so you're gonna manage Charlotte Flair and whoever? You're gonna go one on one gonna... with Charlotte Flair in a tag team match. It's gonna be Charlotte Flair and uh, Ray Gonzalez. Yes. Or Raquel Gonzalez. And they're gonna be the new skyscrapers managed by Casey Campbell. Make it happen. Fuck. Like. By Buck Pennington Jr. Yes. Put me in a fucking loud ass suit. Give me a microphone, and I will... Aviators. I will, aviators, I will put everybody in a tag team match. <laughs> One-on-one with The Undertaker in a tag team match. <laughs> okay, uh, I think for that one, honestly, I think uh, Rhea Ripley's going to retain. Uh, yeah, it's too soon. Too soon to take that belt off her. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Bianca Belair reti- um, defending against uh, Bailey. For the the SmackDown Championship, uh, I'm gonna say that Bianca retains. Although I would like to see them trade the belt back, back and forth a little bit. You don't see that a lot anymore. I uh, I think this is maybe like her second defense, though. True. I don't want it to be like a Naomi run where they gave it to her and then they take it away from her the next defense. Right. I mean, you don't want that to happen, which is why I'm saying like. I want her to retain. I think she's going to retain. But definitely, there we haven't seen... Uh, this is something you don't get a lot of in modern wrestling. There's people fighting over the belt. Yeah. Like, it goes to Bailey. It goes back to Bianca. It goes to Bailey. It goes back to Bianca. I know that people are like, they're just, they're just racking up their title reigns. But no. Like, that is a... When you have two of the best in the business, they're not going to beat each other every time they get in the ring. One's not going to beat the other every time. If they truly are the two best, they are going to neck and neck. Yeah. I mean, that's just me. That's my, like, personal philosophy on it. Um, yeah, you know, I don't want her to lose. I don't want to have to cry whenever I hear Bianca Belair's amazing theme song. That I mean, that's I can't, true. I can't cry when I'm dancing around and jumping around and... I mean, Swing you around my make-believe ponytail. Exactly, but I'm just saying, like, we've done the this person can't beat this person, like, a thousand times. Like, you gotta have this person beats this person, but then this person beats this person. Who's really the best? And then you okay. have that tiebreaker. And that tiebreaker uh, makes all the difference. Uh, next match is... Bobby Lashley defending against Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. Ooh. All right. Okay. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't want Braun Strowman to be near that title. No, I don't. I, I fucking do. You know my feelings on what they're doing with Braun Strowman right now. Fucking uh, train noises. Train noises. Woo woo. <laughs> Was he the fucking? Is the Undertaker trains? 
gonna have a big CGI train come out of nowhere and hit one of them? Hit Bobby Lashley or Drew McIntyre? Is that what you're gonna do? If you do that, if you're listening to this podcast, Vince, and I hope that you are, don't do that. <laughs> Vince McMahon is one of six people that listen to the podcast. Vince McMahon is one of six people that listen to this podcast, and I know it. Alistair Black might is another one. might be all one. six, I don't know. Alistair Black is another one, because I said the ghost of Alistair Black on this podcast the day after WrestleMania last year, and the first thing that he puts up after that Money in the Bank match where he fell off of Titan Tower is a picture of a guy in a sheet with coat, with holes put, uh, cut out for eyes. And I was like, the ghost of Alistair Black! <laughs> But, He's uh, gonna face Alistair Black. Drew McIntyre holding it once more, but I like what they're doing with Bobby. So, I like like, the... I'm not gonna be mad with Bobby, but I'm I'm thinking Drew. I mean, it has the potential to go any way, really. Um, but yeah, I'm saying Bobby retains. I wouldn't mind if Drew takes it, but I do not want Strowman to have it. Fix his gimmick. Fix whatever you're trying to do with him, because the train noises are not working for me. <laughs> I don't even know if they're still doing the train noises. I was just hung up on the fact that they did it once at least. It's the once was too many times. Like I did, that would cause me to turn off the program immediately. <laughs> Go to Vince McMahon and beg. Like, so what exactly is Braun Strowman's uh, gimmick now? He's like, oh, he's bald and he wears Under Armour. He's oh, bald. Okay. He wears Under Armour. That would be like fucking. It one. It like if my like every time. I had a match, like, in EFED. That would be like, uh, I was invisible or some shit. Like, I just, the lights would go out, they would come back on, I'd be invisible. It would be stupid. I want my gimmick to be every time I come off the top for a diving elbow, you have to play a slide whistle. See, that could work in, like, an indie setting. <laughs> Does it jump up? Exactly. But I mean, if, like, your gimmick was being a cartoon character, yes. But Braun Strowman is not as a cartoon character trying to sell me on the fact that he's this big, muscly fucking dude who is like a train, but is not an actual train. <laughs> I mean, the closest thing to an actual train right now has to be Roman Reigns. That's true, the hype train on that guy. Wow. Yeah, uh, Roman Reigns is going to be defending his title at Backlash against Cesaro. Ooh. Yes. There's no loser here, honestly. There is no loser because Roman. As long has... as they showcase Cesaro, there's no loser. Roman has been putting in work, and, and Cesaro has been putting in work for years. Um, I can't wait for this match. Hopefully, they don't do the thing where Roman wins, lol. Um, <laughs> like, because I I hate when they do the they build these fantastic matches that I have such a vested interest in and then they last five minutes and I get very yeah. mad and you saw but Q if I if this was a video podcast I would edit in my reaction to AJ versus Brock a few years ago <laughs> uh but yeah just make it make it a match don't squash Cesaro especially not in the yeah. main event of your fucking pay-per-view um <laughs> Which I know they haven't done in a while. Uh, the last time I think that they did that, and I was very mad about it, was Brock and Kofi. Um, fucking disgrace. We'll never fucking forgive you, Vince McMahon. Um, 
But yeah, just make it make it good. Like yeah, I'm almost certain it's, this is not going to happen, but I want to put it out there. So if it does happen, I have bragging rights. Mm. Um, I want to see Cesaro win. Yes, and I want I want the other USO that's not under the influence of Roman Reigns to come in and cost the victory. And there's a giant thing between the USO brothers that have to go back and forth. Yes, yes, that's that's perfect. That's, that's what I want to see. It's not WWE, what is you're going listening. To, book it. It's not what's going to happen, but that would be great. <laughs> well, we will see. We will see when I'm wrong and I cry, and you get to laugh. I mean, I never laugh when you're wrong. Usually, uh, I get very, very angry. But, uh, yeah, but that's Backlash. The Backlash looks like it's going to be good. It could be very, very bad. So don't take our word for it just yet. We'll have a, a review after it's all said and done. We've seen it. <laughs> yeah, but that's this Sunday. And uh, I'm probably going to end up watching that at Devin's house while I'm covered in monster face paint. Yeah. So I'm going to be... At work. At work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sunday, it's at work. Um, uh, but to transition to our first musical break, yeah. um, our boys Enox, they've been supporting Welcome. the shit out of us the last couple weeks on Facebook, on TikTok, on Instagram, all that stuff. Those so dudes. what better way to show our appreciation than to play their newest song featuring Taylor Barber. This is oh, a cover shit. of Lil Nas X. Call me by your name, Montero. Let's get that gay shit. I caught it bad yesterday. You hit me with a call to your place. Ain't been out in a while anyway. Was hoping I could catch you throwing smiles on my face. Romantic talking ain't no way not to try. You couldn't have to fuck with me and I. Looking at the table, all I see is red and white. Baby, you live in the love, but I you ain't living right.
sell at your buy-in. Yeah. <laughs> Call me by your name, unless your name isn't my name. I just know my name, so don't call me Brian. Yes, exactly. Exactly. My name is TJ. They asked me why you call me Brian instead of Steven. I say it's got as much to do with personal as it does professional reasons. That's a front bottoms lyric. And we're talking about our uh, top 10 favorite non-metal albums. <laughs> There's a segue! Oh my god, we did it! Yeah! We're a successful segue of the, of the yeah. night. Yeah! Thank you, Casey. <laughs> That was great. I had to do a victory lap for that one. <laughs> Around the small little office. just I'm going to run in a 4x4, four four, like 4x2 four oval, and then come back to my seat. Oh, I fucking bricked the audio there for a second. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be talking about our top 10 uh, favorite non-metal albums. Uh, because we don't yeah. talk about non-metal all that often here on the Just Plus, Plain Filthy Podcast. I recently podcast. did a top Five metal albums of all time for my personal opinion and i didn't want anything to get redundant that's true you can't be doing redundancy here and we're gonna try to be fe- we're gonna try to feature more non-metal here on the podcast um, yes so if you are like an indie emo uh punk ro- punk rock pop punk uh hip-hop Artists, like, hit us up. We love all types of music. It's not just metal and hardcore all here on the Just Plain Filthy podcast. As you're about well, to find out. We are fans. Out, we are fans. We are definitely but, uh, fans. Now tell me, Casey, did you do this like I did, where you didn't repeat any bands? You just put, like, the best album from those bands? Uh, I have... I don't, I don't think I have any repeat artists, um... Uh, I think I have one repeat artist, but that's just because the albums are so different. Um, yeah. But yeah. I had a, I had the idea of, I wanted to put two by one of these bands, but then I'm like, they're going to be right side by side, and I don't want it to sound like a fucking tie or anything. So oh yeah, no, I get I, that. I just chose one. Exactly, exactly. Uh, do you want to start? Uh, or... uh, sure, yeah. I can start this. Uh for my number 10 album, at the very bottom of the top 10, which it's still a fucking great album, um, you might know that I'm all about this band, because last year I had like a whole year of listening to almost nothing but them. But it's uh, Andrew Jackson Jihad, yes. AJJ, with uh, their 2016 release, The Bible 2. I'd love uh, to see it. Cody's theme is such a good song. Junkie Church is amazing. It has a really good video with it. Uh, Goodbye, Oh Goodbye is a really fun music video and a fun, catchy song. Uh, My Brain is a Human Body is amazing. And Small Red Boy is one of the best, like, folk punk songs I've ever listened to in my life. Oh, one. So I, I have to put The Bible 2 somewhere in there, and it just happens to be number 10. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, my number 10, I'm going to go with um, Probably Nothing, Possibly Everything by Pat the Bunny. Um, it's just, I've recently started listening to Pat the Bunny, like, I've always, like, I've always had a couple songs here or there that have been popping up on my playlists and whatnot, yeah. uh, but I recently sat down and listened to this album, um, really just, like, it, it hits that, that chord with me of just, you were this person 
here, and now you're this person here. It really just hits that. Um, tracks like I, I'm Not a Good Person and Run From What's Comfortable. Um, just shit like that is my shit. And, like, Pat, Pat the Bunny is so goddamn good. Um, I know that he does a bunch of other shit, like uh, Wingnut Dishwashers Union and all that shit's really good. But, like, the, this album is just really fucking good. <laughs> when you initially said the album's name, you are like, number 10 is nothing. I'm like, this is going to be a confusing fucking list. <laughs> possibly, possibly nothing, probably nothing, possibly everything by Pat the Bunny. We're only going to talk about nine albums in this list. Fuck you. No. I don't listen uh, to no music. I don't want you uh, goddamn lettuce. My number nine is an album that my wife literally just brought home for me because she found it out. Hey. A limited edition Orin Swirl one, too, by the way. Ooh. Um, it is Fleet Fox's self-titled album from 2008. Nice. Um, Sun It Rises is a great opener. And White Winter Hymnal is one of the most beautiful, like, folky songs I've ever listened to. Nice. Uh, Ragged Wood is so good with all the harmonies and stuff that they put together. Uh, they have so many. Blue Ridge Mountain is really, really fun to listen to. Whole album is just the epitome of, like, if you go hiking or you're chilling by a lake. Mm. Like, something you'd want to hear just chilling out in nature. Oh, I feel that. I feel that. Uh, that's, that's... That's some good shit. But yeah. my my number nine, I'm going to go with Town of the Hawk by uh, the Front Bottoms. That's just one of those okay. albums that I can listen to front to back. Uh, front spent, to bottom? Front to bottom. <laughs> <laughs> front to bottom. We don't have tops and bottoms. We have fronts and bottoms. <laughs> but no, um, I spent an entire summer listening to this album. It's a soundtrack to the summer of 2012 and the majority of 2013 um when i wasn't listening to like follow boy and shit so uh just standouts include legit tattoo gun uh fantastic song uh dear father like shit shit like that is just fucking amazing. i don't think it's called dear father uh, some i'm mixing that up with another thing i don't have it written down but uh um, Yes, dear daddy. Uh, it's the one where he's like, I'm, I'm having this dream where I'm hitting my dad with a baseball bat, and like, you know, he's screaming and crying for help. But that that song, just that album, front to back, is great. Um, I think you've quoted that on Facebook before. I, I have quoted. Like, I quote this album a lot on Facebook. I was like, Why are you beating your dad with a bat? <laughs> and he's it's, it's just it's such a such a good record. Um, but yeah, that's my number nine, Town of the Hawk, the front bottoms. Um, perfect i don't think i've ever listened to the front bottoms i feel like you would like them i feel like that they'd be right up your alley do you like modern if baseball I, at all I, a little bit a little, a little bit i'm not the biggest they, fan but i like their their hits that they've had then you then you would probably like the front bottoms they're they're like uh modern baseball but they're a little sloppier um okay brian like it's on purpose it's definitely on purpose it's not um it's a less refined sound, especially their earlier stuff. Their newer stuff is a lot more refined. Okay. Uh, for me, number eight, I, I talk about this band on Facebook a lot. And in the group chat, they know I like it a lot. Yes. But I don't think I talk about it enough on the podcast. This might blow some people's minds. Um, number eight is Him, Dark Light. 
That's right. That's right. Uh, it is one of the first albums that I actually spent money and went out of my way to buy. Yes. Um, it's an album I still listen to every week. And it's, honestly, I think there's only like two songs on the entire album that I'm kind of just meant to out of like the like 11 songs on the album. They got Wings of a Butterfly, you have Under the Rose, you have uh, Burning, like uh, a Vampire Heart is a good one on there. Like, there's so many good ones on that, and that was, like, peak him, right before they started going a little more downhill, and, like, towards the end of their, like, time being a band. I think they got, like, a gold or a platinum record because of this one. Hell yeah. So, like, uh, number eight for me is Dark Light by him. Love to see it. We absolutely love to see that. Um, and that's disputable. Some people might think it's metal, but I don't think it's metal. I think it's just hard rock. No, it, uh, it's definitely hard rock. Um, number eight for me is going to be Flower Boy by Tyler Creator. Um, yeah! It's such a good album. Like, you start off, and it's it's that classic like Tyler sound it's there but it's not it's not as prevalent as it as it would be on say Goblin and then you evolve into this like really just trippy fucking self-discovery journey that he goes on throughout this entire record He's uh, like, maybe I do like white boys maybe I do like maybe maybe I'm looking for that 95 Leo you know uh, maybe I'm looking for these twinks. I'm out here. He's hunting. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's just perfect. It's great. You got standouts, include Who That Boy, obviously, the single from the record. Uh, See You Again is some is a song that I put on constantly. You got Pothole with Jaden Smith. Um, Garden Shed. I just quoted on Facebook the other day because it, you know how I am, you know. What I like, I like that sort of shit. I like that. Like, um, just really reminded me of having my own moments of like, well, guess this is the thing now. Like, <laughs> gotta do what you gotta well, do. I guess wieners are pretty neat. I rock, I roll, I bloom, I grow. Like, tell these black kids they can be who they are. Dye your hair blue, shit, I'll do it too. Like, lines like that. I'd dye my hair blue if I had any. I'm going to be dyeing my hair blue very soon, so... I can dye my chest hair, I guess. That'd be neat. Yeah, dye your chest hair blue. Yeah. But, yeah, that's my number eight, uh, Flower Boy, Tyler the Creator. Uh, number seven. Uh, one of my biggest influences in hip-hop, but, like, you wouldn't know it given my style. I would yeah. say number seven, The Impossible Kid by Aesop Rock. Ooh, yeah. Okay, okay. This is one of the few albums I can go out of my way and say there's not a single bad track on the album. Uh, like, there's the beginning song has that, like, sci-fi feel that slowly builds up into, like, an intricate EDM hip-hop beat. And his flow is just very bizarre and esoteric, but it's very good. But then they got songs like Dorks, which is, like, not fitting in. And then a lot of years, which is about like growing up and getting old. And then you have uh, it's called Water Tower. Mm -hmm. I know the song I'm thinking of. I can't think of the actual name right now, but that one's really, really good. 
And then there's a song about his cat called Kirby, and that's a good one. It's about how, like, he needs he has to have this cat because he's got all these anxieties and stuff. Mm-hmm. He needs something to take care of and kind of relax him. Nice. And uh, the best song out of the whole thing has, uh, I like Rabies. That's a really good one. Hell yeah. So, uh, yeah, that whole, that whole album, Impossible Kid, just so good. Oh, but yeah. the other ones just pale and, like make this one look childish, so I had to put at number seven. Oh yeah, no, I get that, I get that. Um, number seven for me is gonna be "After Laughter" by Paramore. Uh, I just I like the '80s synth synth pop vibe. Uh, oh, so it's a, one of the later ones. It's the it's the newest Paramore record. Oh, okay, uh, I don't really know anything after like uh, riots. Yeah, uh, this... I don't know anything after that. This was the controversial Paramore record. The one where... I mean, like, the one before that was controversial. But, like, this was the one where everyone was like, Oh, so you guys changing, changing. And it's not really a change for me. I see it as more as a progression. Um, like, you can't... You can't stay punk rock forever. That's the, that's the thing. Like, I'm not in a punk rock band anymore. Like, that's not... And that's not to say I don't still like punk rock. I love punk rock. But, like, I just like that 80s synth pop sound. It sounds happy, but it's really sad. Um, this is another album I can go front to back. Uh, you got Hard Times all the way through to Tell Me How. Like, Oh, and that's the one with it. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Fake Happy is a fucking bop. Uh, you got a little interlude uh, with Aaron Gillespie on vocals. Like... That's neat. Fucking what? Like, um, it's just, I don't know, it's a, it's a, it's a journey of somebody going through a really rough time in their life. Uh, a hard time. A hard time. Side. Like, Haley was going through, going, about to go through her divorce when she wrote this record. Like. Uh, I thought she was talking about the American Dream. Dusty Rhodes. Oh, she's talking about the American Dream. Dusty, yeah, she was... The American <laughs> Dream, Cody Rhodes. She was divor- divorcing the American Dream. Uh, no, uh, it's a, it's largely just about her uh, marriage to Chad Gilbert uh, falling apart. And I think some it's something it's something she needed to do. And it's, well, that's what happens when you marry a guy named Chad. God damn it. Chad Gilbert. This fucker. Um, but yeah, no, uh, number seven for me is After Laughter by Paramore. Okay, and that brings us to number six, and number six is probably the last one that is, like, surprising. From mm-hmm. here on out, you could read me like a book. Um, oh, number same. six is a band <laughs> that I recently found out about and immediately just got super into. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a band called Covey. They're on Sumerian Records. Oh, yeah. um, it's a it's a one or two man like indie rock band. Uh, they just put out an, a new album that they're working on called Cardinal Sins. Yeah. But uh, this is some cats live, some cats die, and uh, they have so many beautiful songs like Plane Crash mm-hmm. and Cloudy Eyes. Uh, my personal favorite, the whole thing, and it resonates with me a lot. Like, I listened to this song five or six times the day I found out about this album, and I, I cried at work because I was listening to it, and it was so relatable. It's called Fractured Brain. 
And if you listen to all the lyrics, it it's just super relatable. Like if you if you feel something's wrong and it's overwhelming, but you can't put your finger on what's wrong. Yeah, that's no. what the the whole song is about. I've done and that. It's just it's kind of like my brain is broken and I know there's a problem, but I can't fix it. Exactly. That's yeah. so. I love shit like that. That that whole album is really good, but there's like four songs in it that are just like nearing perfection. That as much as like I don't know all the songs and I'm not acclimated to the band, it moved it up to almost top five. Oh yeah, no, I can feel that. Like, um, that's gonna be the next record for me. My number six, and like I okay. said, after this is. You're, I'm not going to do a lot of explaining for the top five because it's... <laughs> yeah. Uh, After Hours by The weekend. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, I can see that one. It's, I know a lot of my lower picks are, are newer, but you're going to get some you're gonna get some standards out of me in the top five. But, like, After Hours, um, I don't know if I've, t- I've talked about this on the podcast. I definitely have. But I went through a toxic relationship in my early 20s, late teens, early 20s, um, and I never really got closure on it, but, like, this record just hits that, that, that spot, uh, there's something about it, like, it's sexy, it's new, it's, but you can tell that it's, uh, it's, it's about a toxic person, like, it's about somebody who doesn't feel correctly, he breaks hearts, he does these things. And there's a point at the end of the record um, where he starts apologizing to the person that the record is about. And that really resonated with me. And uh, it's just one of the perfect... Another record that I could go from cover to cover on uh, After Hours by the weekend. Hell yeah. And that brings us to our top five. Top five. Um, Before we get to our top five, is there any like honorable mentions you want to toss out there? Honorable mentions for me, um, you're gonna miss it all by Modern Baseball. It was, it, I was gonna put that on my on my top ten list, but it's just not quite uh, the cover to cover that like these are every album I've listed are albums that I could throw on and listen to all the way through, um, yeah. and that record is not that. So um, yeah. Uh, honorable mention, this would have been like my number 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dance Gavin Dance Mothership. Yeah, yes. I didn't put any Dance Gavin Dance on my list. I knew I wasn't going to... De- I didn't put any for this specific reason. Now I remember it. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, they used to be in my top 5 or top 10 bands of all time. And I would say overall as far as bands go, they are. Mm-hmm. But all of their stuff is consistently good. But not to the level of these albums. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I, as much as I felt bad not putting them in the top ten, mm-hmm. also I kind of feel like they are kind of metal because there's screams and stuff. They are definitely metal, so. Yeah, or at least metal adjacent enough that we can't really put them in this list. I mean, it's swan chord. There's there's guitars. <laughs> there's breakdowns. There's screams. There's. Uh, but my number five, okay, let's jump into number five. I don't think I need to explain this because everyone should know how good this album is. Mm-hmm. A Wu-Tang Clan, 36 Chambers. Yes, boy. Like, every feature on, like, this album is memorable, legendary. 
There's so many key songs on this album. It's one of the albums that got me into being a really, really big hip-hop head. Uh, so many of the verses and stuff molded me into the rapper and fan that I am today. I owe so much to Wu-Tang Clan 36 Chambers. Uh, I would have put Enter the Wu-Tang, Enter the Wu, whatever. Yeah. Um, but 36 Chambers has had like two or three more songs more that I liked. Yes, so. I feel that. I feel that. Um, yeah. Number My number five is uh, the one that started it all for me. Um, it's going to be Dookie by Green Day. Controversial pick from me. At least in this chat. At least in this chat. Uh, I I do not like Green Day at with, all. No Green Day means no nothing for me. So this this uh, was one of the first. It wasn't the first record that I bought myself, but uh, I remember I was just I remember listening to them in the nineties, and then when I became a teenager, I was like, I like music. This is, I remember this, like, and then I, I would play that record cover to cover every day, uh, and then I started listening to their whole discography, we got to American Idiot, which I think is a beautiful fucking record, it doesn't go on this list. I was just about list. to talk shit on it. <laughs> and it doesn't go on this list purely for the fact that it is so divisive. I think it's the last good Green Day record, is American Idiot. That's for me. That's me. That's what I say. Uh, but it started. It started punk rock for me. It started, um, and like this band is so important to me because it started my love of rock operas. It started my love of just every everything that I like now starts with Dookie. Um, Dookie itself is not a rock opera. I was, again, mentioning American Idiot. But um, my love of punk rock... I was going to say, am I missing something? My love of counterculture begins and ends with uh, with Dookie. That's... And I, that's... And I know it does for most people, and they won't admit it, but... Come on. Be real. Um, like, growing up, I wasn't so much a uh, Green Day fan for punk rock as I was The Offspring. The Offspring is another one. That... So, I, I never really got into that. And then my cousin is obsessed with Green Day. That's his favorite band of all time. Mm -hmm. And he ruined it for me. I, I like listening, Hanging out with him, all we listened to was Green Day. And he would sing around to it. And he would dress up like Billy Joe Armstrong. And then I'm like, yeah, no, this is too much. I'm out. <laughs> That's those fandoms. Uh, yeah. Uh, number four. My favorite band of all time, but not my favorite album. If that makes sense. Feel that. Okay. Um, I didn't like this album originally when I started getting into this band, but over the last couple of years, I re-listened to all of it, and I'm like, this is really beautiful. Especially when like the gang vocals come in and all the, like, the uh, orchestra kind of stuff comes in. But uh, number four is Circus Survive. Yes. Blue Sky Noise. Great album. They, like, Frozen Creek is a beautiful. Uh, Get Out is a classic. Uh, Died in the Wool is really, really good. Like, I can't, I can't say anything bad about this album. Yeah, no. Uh, sometimes you just find that perfect record. Um, 
I love Circus Survive. I love Anthony Green's voice, but they don't break my top ten just because I don't know enough of it. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where uh, I know I know that artist tangen- tangentially. Uh, a lot of my friends listen to it, and so therefore, osmosisly, I listen to it. Uh, and I have my favorites, and I have my style. I really gotta listen, so like sit down. And like listen to more Circus Survive, uh, but my number four, uh, like I said, it's all gonna be fucking normal shit now. Uh, from under the cork tree, Fallout Boy, perfect album, can't fucking yeah. beat it. Like uh, yeah. there, there are very few out. There's only three albums that beat this album for me. Uh, it's one of those albums I can put on, listen to the whole thing, and there's not I, a. I know the era. But which one is this one again? Like, which one are the key songs on it? Uh, Sugar, We're Going Down, Dance Dance. Uh, okay. So it is the one that I, that I like as well. Yeah, okay. it's uh, it's just, it's got this perfect mix of uh, that flirty charm of the mid-2000s and the heaviness. Like, not, not, it doesn't quite reach that level of heavy that would disqualify it from this tw- top ten. But uh, they actually had to make it not as heavy. Because uh, I remember when they released uh, the single Sugar We're Going Down, they're like, is there any way to get less guitars on this? And they were like, no. So, um, now their new stuff is like, is there any way that we can just get rid of all of these instruments? Poor Joe Troman needs a job, guys. Let him play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good album. It's uh, such one of a my good favorites. Album. It's such a good album. But that is that's not the one with Grand Theft Auto, is it? No, that's the one before. That's okay because that another uh, that's really good album. One of my favorite. That's one of my favorite Fall Out Boy songs of all time. Oh, it's so good. Like that's um, another almost near perfect record. Um, uh, uh, number three. We're at the top three, everybody. Top, top three. three. Uh, if you know me, you know. Like the how I cling to relatable stuff regarding uh, personal loss. Yeah. Uh, sad boy things I I dwell to, and this album, though it came out before all of this happens, mm-hmm. I found out about it the year everything went to shit. Oof. And it's the most relatable album I have ever listened to in my life, and I never stopped getting emotional about it um right it's pianos become the teeth yes the lack long after i feel that uh they have so many songs about this because uh kyle the lead singer wrote this about his dad dying and i found this out in 2015 a couple months after my dad died and i didn't i couldn't put into words what i was feeling I found out about this song because they have a song called Houses We Die In, and I was like, oh, this is a really heavy and beautiful song. I wonder if they have more. Their newest album that they had at that moment was this, and I listened to it, and it was explaining every single thing that I was thinking that I couldn't put into words. Oh. Uh, I love when albums do that. Stuff about, like, how who's going to do all this stuff now that you're gone because you used to do all this stuff. 
things about like thinking about the past and like finding a trophy in your dad's room or something like that and you're like 1976 in july what was what was that about what what happened on that date stuff like that and uh it's just the perfect album for that kind of thing exactly. so number three pianos become the teeth the lack long after love to see it we went to see them yeah. live very good yes they were amazing i got amazing. very emotional it was great um number three for me is igor by tyler the creator uh different beast from <laughs> from flower boy like the elements are there but it's it's just you start it and you go all the way through and it's so weird and there's samples like uh fun fact actually uh the track boyfriend uh on that uh it samples a song by a 1970s band called twink <laughs> Not what you think. The term didn't exist back in the 70s, but I think that's a very fun fact. Uh, a Boy is a Gun is one of my favorite tracks. Uh, Earthquake is great. Puppet, like, it's fantastic. It's just a fantastic record, and it's so different, and it's so new. Like, he does shit on this album I wouldn't even think to do. Um... Gone Gone is great. It sounds like a Jackson 5. It sounds like a fucking Jackson 5 song. But Tyler's singing in this like high pitched up like voice. Uh, it's just a great record. It's just a fantastic record. I can tell in your body language on video. You're just like all enamored with this. And I'm like, I just like and I'm seeing you enthusiastic. It's it's fantastic. I love I love this album. I, I got it I got a got it on vinyl for Christmas and uh, along with Toxicity by System of a Down so that's where my fucking music <laughs> taste is like um, <laughs> but yeah no uh, number three for me is Igor Tyler Creator time to bring it down to number two number two um number two is from a band that you've seen with me Casey oh shit um uh. uh yeah, one of my favorite vocalists of all time, one of the most unique people in the in like this genre, this punk rock emo alternative indie whatever uh, genre. Fuck yeah. Tom Diaz, the vocal, well, the former vocalist for "The World Is a Beautiful Place." Yes. And I am no longer afraid to die. The world is a beautiful uh, cat, and I'm no longer afraid to meow 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 meow. <laughs> yeah, I have that on my in my kitchen. I have that on a shirt. Yeah. Um, well, their album, Whenever, If Ever, mm -hmm. is one of my favorite albums of all time, metal or not, uh, because this was the last album they put out with Tom Diaz. Tom uh, left the band shortly after this, and he died in 2018 right, after doing a whole away. bunch of runs as uh, an indie artist uh, on his own, acoustic guitars and sad boy emo stuff. Uh, after he left this band, it was just downhill. He left the band because of depression. All his depression got worse and worse. And from reasons that they never quite announced, he passed in 2018. Yep. Um, all the sounds from this album are just like peak for them. He had such a unique voice, but it still had the essence of the band that we're listening to nowadays. Exactly. And the whole album ends 
with the most beautiful song I have ever heard, Getting Sodas by yes. World's a Beautiful Place. I love They that ended song. the show that me and Casey saw with that, I and they brought that in a horn section, like trombones and trumpets and all that stuff. And they had the whole crowd at the Sinclair in Boston singing along with it. I have it on YouTube. I took a video of it. It, It's just the perfect ending to what was already a great album. And that secured the second spot for me. That's fantastic. Uh, I do remember that. I remember that vividly. Um, My number two is going to be uh, the self-titled by Say Anything. Uh, It's really hard because there's like four fucking say anything records that I could, that I would put here. Um, yeah, you would. <laughs> uh, but the, the self-titled is just so great. Um, it's the first album where he really started to chop off that like sardonic, sarcastic fucking douchebag character. Like you spend the first half of that record with that. And then like midway through the record, he's like, what are we doing? Like, we don't have to do this. And he just. Starts... I was on TikTok and I called the guy. I called Max Bemis from, like, these songs. I called him the Dane Cook of pop punk. And somebody <laughs> got pissed at me. I mean, it's not wrong. Like, <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a wrong comparison. Yeah, but... not in the grand scheme of, Mac Bemis, of Max Bemis, but in, like, those that era. It was very the, much yeah, so. those first two records are very, very sarcastic. But, like, he's playing a character. They're written from the perspective of every ex-boyfriend I've ever had. Uh, so, um... Oh, so he wrote it about you. That's neat. Oh, well, that's a whole... We could do a whole podcast on that. I mean, you are on the cover, aren't you? I'm like, on the cover of the, the the last one. That's Oliver oh, Appropriate. Okay. My name oh, was okay. supposed to be Oliver. So, uh, oops. Uh... But yeah, no, it's a perfect record. Opens up with Fed to Death, uh, ends with Amen, which I cry every time I listen to that song. Uh, Can I Lie With You in Your Grave? So that's number two uh, for me is Say Anything by Say Anything. Hell yeah. And now we're down to the big ones. Oh yeah, uh, you probably already know what my number one is. I haven't. I, I know the band. I don't know which album, but I know the band. There's only four albums by that band, so <laughs> you got um, four in one shot again, right? Number one, if you, I, I keep bringing this back to me, like if you know me, oh, but yeah. the people who know me know how much this means to me. Um, over the last like decade, I've been really into the band Explosions in the Sky. Yes, and I've. A lot of the songs were kind of my escape and, uh, like, meditation music when I'm, like, over overthinking and getting, like, really wild up and I need to escape from life for a little bit. Uh, the, band, the band Explosion in the Sky and the album is The Earth is Not a Cold, Dead Place. I have the album right here, and uh, the opening song is 9 minutes and 33 seconds. But it kind of like chronic, like tells the story of somebody who's waking up from a coma and experiencing the world for the first time in what they seem like forever. Nice. It's called First Breath After Coma. And from there on out, 
it get it's a longer song, but it progresses from the first song perfectly, and it's called "The Only Moment We Were Alone." And this song is like three songs long, but it it's like increments. It goes beautiful, and then giant builds, and then somber ending. Perfect. The next two songs kind of go into the, like the same vibe, but the last song is my favorite song of all time, and it's the song that I got married to. Oh yeah. Uh, it's called Your Hands in Mine. And I can literally sit here and like hum the entire song, all eight minutes and seventeen seconds of the song and and have it be perfect. I got married on top of a mountain to this song. And that is my favorite moment in my goddamn life. That's so, so beautiful. So this holds such a special part, like place in my heart. Like it's good meditation stuff. It's a good escape thing. It sounds good. It tells a story without saying a single word, and it plays an integral part in my life. So the earth, the earth is not a cold, dead place, is the number one album, metal or not, in my opinion. Oh, perfect. That's, I mean. I love that you got married uh, at the top of the mountain with one of your favorite, one of your favorite songs. Like that, yeah. we uh, people can only dream of having that. Um, my number one uh, is going to be in drumroll, please. The Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. <laughs> this, what I thought. this is the perfect fucking album. I foreshadowed it earlier when I told you about my love of rock operas. This is the perfect record. There is no better record than this one ever in the history of forever. I will fight anybody <laughs> who says that. It opens perfectly. It ends perfectly. It's the greatest record of all time. You got your guitars. My favorite guitar tone ever. Is in the song Sleep. Perfect. Perfect record. I know more songs on this album than I that I think I do. Because I never know the song names. But then as soon as they come on, I was like, oh yeah, this one's a bop. Oh yeah. No. Like, it's, supposed, it's one of those records where you can put on any song from that record. You know who you know who it is. You know what era it's from. It's the album. Yeah. You know, you know what era is from, um, like you can. I mean, somebody who doesn't know the band that that well, like right. you can put it on. You know who it is. You know what era it's from, like, and somehow they'll still know the song. Like it's one of those albums. Um, it's great. It's great. Famous last words is my favorite song of all time. I'm gonna get a tattoo of it. So <laughs> it's a great song. It's perfect. Uh, that's my number one, The Black Parade, My Chemical Romance. Uh, yeah. So as as we said, our our ten to six was like up in the air, but our five to ten, if you knew us, you knew what those top five were going to be. Uh, so with that, I think it's only time for some plugs. And uh, actually, before we go with the plugs. We recently just did our uh, Nickelodeon TV tournaments on our group, and we got a winner this morning. We got, we got, a, got winner? a winner? The last match was between All That and Rugrats. 
Ooh. And our winner. Our Casey, winner. Casey, now it's your time to give me a drum roll. Rugrats. Woo! Perfect. Perfect show. Perfect cartoon. A baby's got to do what a baby's got to do, and this baby's got to do some plugs. So, if you are on TikTok, you can find us at Bands That Slap. We also do Twitch and YouTube content for Bands That Slap. Check our Linktree account. Hell Linktree yeah. slash band, uh, Just Plain Filthy. Uh, you can also check us out on Twitter and Instagram at JPF Podcast. Perfect. You can go on to Facebook by searching Just Plain Filthy. And you can even check out our website, JustPlainFilthy.com. And with that, our last musical guest for the night, this is Confront the Elders with Skies of Fire. Word. Have a good night, everybody.